shaping the culture. We talk both culture and theology. Hey, folks, is reading that Bible. We don't claim to have all the answers. I don't know how to word this, but that doesn't stop us from having honest conversation. (laughs) What is up, everybody? Welcome to season three of Shaping the Culture. So excited to uh, share with you guys all that we have in store. We have a lot of dope content. Uh, that's coming out uh, this season, had a lot of dope conversations, and we're really excited to kind of share what we have with you guys uh, in the coming weeks, in the coming months. And so, uh, but for today, we're going to, we have a very uh, special episode. Uh, We're going to be talking about something that's been really near and dear uh, to my heart the last couple weeks, and I'm sure for a lot of our listeners, it's been near and dear to them as well. Uh, it's been kind of tough in our community, in the Abisha community. Um, we'll be we'll be talking about Nipsey Hussle on on this episode and, and just the the king that he was and the amazing individual that he was and all that uh, he meant to us. And uh, yeah, it's good. We I actually have a longtime friend on the show with me today. We were just talking. We were just literally catching up before we hit record, and we realized like it's been a while. Uh, it's been like what, like nine, ten years? Since? Probably about nine or ten, yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, but she actually was, you're on the team, right, to kind of organize a vigil for yes. Nipsey? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and so, yeah, I'm excited. Her name is Maron. So Maron is on the podcast with us today. How are you doing, Maron? Hey, y'all. I am doing well. I'm blessed. I feel better and a little more at peace now. Um, it's been a rough, say about two weeks now, um, with the loss of someone that was near and dear to a lot of our communities. And so, um, you know, God is good. I'm feeling a lot better than before, but, um, yeah. So let's, let's do this. Let's start this way. Let's start with where you were. I'll, I'll, I'll share with you where I was and then we'll go from there. So, I was the that weekend. I was in Chicago, trying to. That's a long story, but it's for shaping the culture. Uh, we were working on some things, and then I had to come back. So it was literally a day trip, and I had to come back. We left Friday night there all day Saturday, and then Saturday night we drove back from Chicago to Minnesota. So I was driving through the night, and then I had to teach two times th- that Sunday morning. So I had to be back for Sunday service. So. I literally was up for a while, had the service, and then after service, went to my apartment and I knocked out. So I like went to bed at like 5 p.m. and didn't wake up till like <laughs> like 8 a.m. the next day. And so I wake up and I open my phone. I get on Twitter and Instagram as I do when I wake up, check my phone, and it's like literally flooding like my like like my um, what's it called newsfeed. And everything is about Nipsey Hussle. And it was talking about how he had gotten shot. He was in the hospital. And then you continue reading. It's like, oh, he's dead. And I'm like, literally like just waking up. I have no, I'm like still in this like waking up phase. And then I hear this news and I'm like, wow. Like I literally was shocked. I was like, what happened? What's the story? And one thing that like caught my attention was Everybody was talking about it, like literally everybody. There was it wasn't just the Abisha community. Like everybody I followed, literally there was not one post that was not about him. And I literally like immediately, you know, when you feel like heavy, and then you feel like your heart just sank. I literally had to put my phone down 
and just like take them. The last time I felt this way about somebody I don't know, what's his name? The guy from Fast and Furious, the the one Paul Walker. Uh, Paul Walker. Yeah. Paul Walker. That was the last time I ever felt that way. But I was like, oh my gosh. And um, shout out to Day Trade Media. I got some friends that were actually like working with Nipsey Hussle, and he actually had reached out, gave him an opportunity, and I was excited for my friends as well. But I literally was like, what is, what just happened? And I couldn't think. And I had to just lay there and feel that. And I didn't know what to say. Now, I'm going to confess some things. I didn't, so I'm not like a real, real fan of this, meaning I I wasn't familiar with his music. The only body of work that I've really listened to was Victory Lap, and I actually really enjoyed that album, but I'm not, I wasn't really familiar with his stuff um, at all. I was, I was always happy that he represented, um, and he was always repping Eritrea and things of that nature, but I, I wasn't too familiar with who he was, and so I, I wanted to post, but I didn't feel like I could post, if that made sense. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, I wanted to, like, talk about it, but I, I didn't want to feel fake. And I just wanted to sit with it and really do research. So a lot of my research about who he was and what he was doing came after the fact. And the more and more I learned about what he was doing for his community, what he meant for the community, like, my heart just continued to break. And I was like, man. I, I literally like it, it was like it was I don't know how to exp- I'm like at a loss for words currently because I'm trying to articulate what I was feeling. But just this heaviness, just this like I'm thinking about that meme with Patrick or uh, what not Patrick. Uh, what's his name? You know, the one that you're like in a daze. The it's from the storm's fun job. The Patrick. Oh, what's his name? I'm like, I can't remember. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm just like trying to. Yeah, I'm trying to figure it out. And so that was my day. So that whole day, I was just kind of like, this is, denial is real. Denial is a real thing. And the whole time, I was like, no, this is not real. This is not real. This is not real. And I think what also broke my heart is seeing my heart, like my friends' hearts be broken as well. And seeing them feel defeated, seeing them feel like they lost like a brother. They lost they lost somebody that meant the world to me, you know? And uh, that, so that's my story. So that's kind of how I found out. And I was kind of, yeah, learned more about him after the fact and realized we lost somebody that, you know, even till this day, I remember like, again, watching all these interviews. And I just remember there was a moment yesterday where I was watching this interview and I was just, again, hearing all the wonderful things he was doing. I just got mad. <laughs> I was like, yo, why him? You know, out of all the people, and I don't wish that on anybody. I'm not saying that. It's not like I was like, I wish somebody's life for his. But there was just a sense of like, he, he was actually doing something that mattered. And he was a good, like one of the good ones, you know? And uh, yeah, so that, that was kind of how I've been working through it, my backstory, and how I found out. How about you, Marilyn? What's kind of your story? Well, bear with me. I am going to try to hold back the tears because I break down any time I talk about it. But um, I was I was driving home. I had just I collaborated with one of my friends that was doing a photo shoot that Sunday, and I was in my car. And I it's a pretty regular thing for me to just sit in my car um, right before I go into the house. And so I open my phone and I see my group chat is just blowing up, and there's a link. 
and I believe it was a link from TMZ that said um, someone was shot outside the marathon store. Mm. And all I could think was, it's not Nipsey. And I was like, I just looked and I was like, such a catastrophe that somebody, you know, was shot outside Mm. of that space. And then, of course, like everyone just kept typing and saying like, they're saying that it was Nipsey. They're saying it was Nipsey. And then there was the news that said that there were six shots um, Mm. that were shot towards Nipsey Hussle. And again, I was still in denial. Mm. And I just kept sitting there and I was like, in hindsight, like on one part, I I thought and I said, nobody survived six shots. Mm. And so I was like, he's okay. Like, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. And so I ran into my house and literally I'd say between the time that I was in my car and I ran into my house, I opened up my phone again. Mm. I went into my mom's room and she was sleeping at the time and I just broke down. Mm. (laughs) Sorry, y'all. And I just, I told her Nipsey Hussle died and she jumped out of her bed and like similar to um the way a, a lot of like our Abisha moms grieve that you know that excuse me um those same tears and that same form of grieving came down and she herself was just saying like a wee wed day meaning like oh my son mm-hmm. and so um I still didn't want to believe it. I kept looking and I was like, I'm, I don't believe it until CNN or MSNBC or one of these other people say it like, screw TMZ, screw a lot of these other media sources. We don't know the truth yet. And then it was very real, you know, that several people were texting me, calling me. I, I remember putting my phone away and I just sat on my laptop and I just kept reading all of the posts that were being made. And... I just listened to his interviews for the next, honestly, 24 hours. I didn't leave my room that day. I got, so he died around six something. And I sat in my bedroom for a whole 24 hours. I didn't go to work the next day. I didn't respond to people's calls, except one from my cousin. Um, He had called me and he's like, Menon, what are we going to do? And I was just like, I don't know. And he's like, Menon, why does it feel like I lost my older brother? And for me, I was just sitting there and I was like, you don't have an older brother. Like, you don't have a biological older brother. So this pain that you're feeling is something that, like, I can't even explain and I don't even know how to fix for you, you know? My cousins looked to me for support and advice and I was like, I don't even know how to fix this. Um, And I sat with a lot of anger and a lot of just, like, emotions and just tears, like my family didn't know what to do. They came into the room a few times and they were like, they themselves were just like, I think she needs to be at, you know, with herself for a while. And then it was the next day when I realized I hadn't eaten, I hadn't slept. Um, I slept maybe for like two hours max. Um, And I realized how unhealthy that was for me and how many people had been calling and texting and trying to make sense of what had happened. Um... And I really, I focused on like the young people that were in our Eritrean community and in our Abisha community and in the black community that were grieving in the state of Minnesota alone, um, let alone in um, national and worldwide. And it was on that, um, in that moment, it was Monday evening that I just started a group chat with a few friends and I was like, we have to do something, you guys. 
we should do a vigil. Like, we need, like, I was like, I can't sit alone with these feelings anymore. And so I need you guys. Um, And then we just started planning. We did it, like, within, I'd say, 48 hours, we put together a vigil um, at the Airtrain Community Center, Minnesota, which is, so it was on that Wednesday, and the community showed out, and the community was grieving, and... It's a pain that I've never felt before. Yeah. It's, you know, I've lost people, but I've never, mm. I'm, for one, I've never lost anyone that was like terribly close to me, but also mm. with this one specifically, I, I've i never cried like that. Mm. And I never like felt so heartbroken in my life. Um, I've lost grandparents. I've lost, that's honestly just about it, but grandparents where it was more so you saw it coming or, you know, you had a little more peace with it. But this one felt like someone was stolen from us. Um, I never felt that defeated in my life. Um, But we built on it and we knew that there was so much anger and so much grief. Um, And so we came together as a community and I'd say around... People had estimated anywhere between 1,500 and 1,800 people showed up at the Airtrain Community Center within 48 hours, and people grieved. People were crying. People didn't know what to make sense of any of this. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we came together, and I I don't know. It's, it's something that I still can't describe. Yeah. So I remember getting to the vigil. I, I, I had a meeting, so I got there a little late, and it was like, packed like literally there i like we drove around for a good five ten minutes just to find parking and that to me showed me what he meant to not and when i got there it wasn't just the abisha community like you said like the black community showed out as well and i guess like what i want to ask is why do you think it hurt who is nipsey hustle and why was he so important for us to come out like this and support and to remember and to grieve his loss? I'd say the one thing that I think needs to continuously be highlighted about Nipsey is that he was both a black man, as in like a um, black American man, yeah. but he was also an Eritrean man. Mm-hmm. By, his, by his father's side, he could... Decide like he could tell you exactly what tribe he was from, what clan, what um, village his family was from. Whereas from his mother's side, he instilled the amazing values of being like a Black American, of being a person that honestly is a descendant from slaves, but has so much power within them. And he was able to build that bridge between both of those groups, and almost like show what it means, what, honestly, what Pan-Africanism means Mm -hmm. to the world and like the trajectory of where if we continue as like these different groups continue to unite, like we could be one of the most powerful groups Mm -hmm. in the world. And I think the reason it hurts so much is because both of these groups felt him. Both of these groups saw themselves in him. You know, those of us that are from the diaspora, whether you're Eritrean, Ethiopian, Abisha, whatever, um, we literally, like, he put on for us like no one else that we've ever seen before. He would constantly tell us that he see that he sees us. He was so accessible. Like, 
I've seen him countless. Anytime he came to Minnesota, I made sure to see him. And he was never like this distant figure that you could never touch or you could never feel. He would, if he had the opportunity, would say hi to you, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then coming from the other side of his identity as well, being a um, black American, like he instilled so much power in being a person that has like had to survive through so much struggle and he held it on his back regardless. And so these two groups, I'd say specifically, like were grieving more than anybody in the world um, because he made sure to always put on for both of them and to he he had this one interview that like I love because he like I think it was with Charlemagne um, in the Breakfast Club where he talks about like how important it is to be able to identify where you're from and like how valuable it is and how meaningful it is and he you know um, he talked about he was like on my mom's side like he's like we can tell that she's from X Y and Z but he was like on my dad's side I could tell you exactly where he's from and he's like do you know how much like how empowered I feel by that. Um, And I think all of us, like those of us that are from the diaspora, those of us that can like direct like specifically to where we are from in the continent, like felt that. And then on the other side, like black Americans that may not be able to um, say the exact country that they're from, I think they also can feel empowered by hearing that and knowing that like, wow, if I knew, like, I feel like I could feel that power too. But at the same time, this man holds these two dimensions to his life that he upholds and he values so much. And um, he just, like, I don't know, it's unbelievable still. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. That, that's one thing that, like, really encouraged me about him is he knew how to navigate both identities and he didn't, like, put one to the side for the other he he owned both sides of who he was and I love that about him and I think that especially like for me growing up um I kind of have a difference I kind of grew up in the suburbs but in a lot of ways being ashamed of even who I am because feeling like I was the only one and it's so I have like you know even with different friends and things that I've seen how being a minority can make you feel like maybe where you actually come from isn't important or it has no worth or it has no significance or value. But seeing how him being a minority in two different cases and owning that and not letting that uh, hinder him, but really using that as an empowerment to be everything he could be was something that really stood out to me and encouraged me in a lot of ways. Um, let's, let's, speak to, let's, let's speak on what he did for the community. So not only did he represent, not only was he, um, you know, not only did he kind of identify and champion where he came from, but he also gave back to both communities, right? So it wasn't this, oh, I'm proud to be Eritrean, I'm proud to be uh, African-American, but he took those realities and he gave back to those two different um, groups. Um, so can you speak on what that meant for you and what that meant for all of us, really, and maybe what that even means for the African-American community? I mean, like, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but I definitely want to even talk about what it means to have the marathon continue. Like, how do we kind of pick up that mantle? But before we get there, like, what what does it look like to pick up that mantle? What did he leave behind? And what what did he do that was so significant for these different communities? Definitely. Um, I think one thing that is always important to like mention about like who he was is that 
he wasn't only an artist. Mm. So Nipsey Hussle was a philanthropist. Nipsey Hussle was an entrepreneur. Nipsey Hussle was a community builder. Yeah. He was a, you could even call him a community organizer in that like he always, he built from the ground up. Mm. He knew where he was from um, and he continuously wanted to do that, the work and, and build within his community alone, which is like something that not many have done, yeah. but so many of us aspire to do one day, you know? Yeah. And so, and he showed us that it can be done. Unfortunately, it happened with such a tragic loss, mm. but he showed us how important it is to build within your own community, to hire people from your own community, yeah, sure. um, to have ownership within your community. Yeah. Um, he built co-working spaces for people in the community. He never shied away from the fact that he was from Crenshaw and Slauson, that he was going to continue to build wealth and build ownership within a space that people look away from, which, a space that people, if at anything, even avoid because they don't even think it's worth it, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and for someone that, like, lived and died there, mm-hmm. like, to live and to die on your own property, some that something that you own, it's so painful, but it also reminds me that like that death wasn't in vain, right, you know? Right, right, right. Um for and then like for the Eritrean community as well, yeah, he definitely didn't just um he wasn't definitely just like a representation, but he showed up. Yeah. He visited the continent several times. Um he visited Eritrea specifically um twice, and he always was very forthcoming with like his experiences there. He would come to our Eritrean festivals, which is like monumental for us because like that's the way in which we all connect with one another um, across the state or, or across the nation. And um, he would always have these sessions in which he would speak with young um, Eritrean Americans and, you know, give lasting advice, um, talk about his journey through life. He would come to our Eritrean soccer tournaments um, which like we we could always depend on him to be there, yeah. you know, yeah. and he would show up at the basketball court and just say hi to people, and we'd at times we're just like, oh my god, that's Nipsey Hussle, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which are like I mean we would get like googly eyed for a while, but like he just reminded us that like I'm one of you guys, I'm like a regular person that's just trying to survive as well. Um, and I've been told that he had projects in Eritrea that he was working on. I've been told that he donated a lot back home as well. Um, and so, like, he was doing everything that so many of us that are, like, in the diaspora aspire to do as yeah. well. You know, we all want to, like, be able to give back to our community. And he was showing that, like, it's worth that you can build within your community, yeah. you can own within your community, you can hire within your in your community. Yeah. And you can give right back. Um, And that's a piece that, like, I think he's left with us. And that has energized so many young people right now. um, Because it's like, he's literally like, I was telling someone the other day that, like, I feel like he just left this blueprint. Like, whether it's, like, through his lyrics or through all these interviews, you just open up your mind to more and more knowledge that you're just like... Why am I working in this area? You know, like why don't why am I not hiring my own? Or like what is keeping me from like building this wealth and having it like be recycled within my own community? Um, and so like I feel like that's something that he's left with us um, in being like you know 
monetizing as like both like an artist and through his artistry work, but then also reminding us how important it is to give back through philanthropy and then reminding us how important it is to own your own as an entrepreneur. It's like, that's the part that like gets me happy again. Um, As you guys can see, I just like went from crying my eyes out to being like excited to like do work now. And so, yeah. um, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, that to me was probably the most, so what I loved about Nipsey was he never saw himself as a victim Mm-hmm. He never um, let his surroundings define who he is. I mean, like Crenshaw and Slauson, right? That's not something really to be proud of per se, but he made it and made it something to champion. He made it something to celebrate and he owned it and he loved it and he gave back to it, you know? And I think for me, even a lot of the times I think about like, if only I could be here, if only I could do that. And he like, the blueprint he laid out was wherever you're from, you have what it takes to not only excel, but to make it something that's important, make it something that will like have lasting effect on the world. Like, you know, like when you like, even like, um, was it yesterday or two days ago, they were like the memorial service in LA. And then like when they took him out and just seeing all of LA show up, like that, that's profound to me. You know what I mean? And that just shows me the power of loving where you come from, building it and investing in it. And uh, one thing that also, I think for me, really hit home was he cared about the less fortunate. He cared about the, the, the ones that society forgot about. Like he would hire those that had felonies. You know, he would hire those that maybe weren't an ideal candidate in certain spaces. And that, that says a lot to me because it's not just giving back or giving opportunities from the community you come from, but it's also being mindful of who needs this work? Who needs help? Like, how could I? And that, that shows intentionality to me. That shows a heart posture to me. Like, that, you, not just anybody can do something like that. You actually have to love and care people to be able to do something like that. And uh, even like... Um, I don't know if it's like an interview or where I watched this. He was just uh, the janitor or the guy, the custodian that was like around the way he would talk to him and invite him in his car. And like he you could tell there was like this genuine like I'm not just hiring you because you need this, but it's like, let me build with you, too. Like I actually like I'm not just you're not just somebody I pay, but you're somebody I want to know. You're somebody I want to like hear your story, you know, and I think like. I don't know. That to me is so inspiring because you don't see a lot of people like that. And to me, more than like what he did, the heart behind what he did is like what really stood out to me and encouraged me. Um, let me let me ask you this. What do you think Nipsey would want from us? Like what, so that his death doesn't go in vain. Like when, when you think about the blueprint that he left behind, the 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 way he literally his whole life was given over to everything that you just went over. What, what do you think would make him happy? If he was like looking down on us, if he was watching us, what do you think would bring a smile on his face? The first word I just think of is purpose. Mm. I think he'd want us to find our own purposes yeah. and to move with intentionality around that purpose but at the same time, I also think that he would want us to fulfill his purpose as well. Mm-hmm. And so to continue on with um, that blueprint that he left and that legacy that he left and use that as like teachings yeah. to continue to move 
with good intentions in the world and to continue to work within our own and to hire within our own and mm-hmm. to be a good person. Yeah. To, like, the amount of humanity that that man had, yeah. I, like, I've never met anyone like it. Yeah. Yeah. And if anything else, I'd say moving with purpose would be probably, like, one of the largest things that he'd want us to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just continue to inspire. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. I think for me, I think the biggest thing I want to take away from what he's done and to emulate is purpose, like you said, and excellence in what you do. Mm-hmm. I, I think like he killed everything he did. He didn't just do things. He did it to the best of his abilities. And then the purpose, I think from, I don't know, there's, there's a lot of conjecture here just because I don't know him personally, but just looking at his life, I think the biggest takeaway for me is he didn't put on, he didn't make it, he didn't work hard for himself. It was to like give back. Like there was this, you could tell like the way he gave back reveals like why he was doing what he was doing. Because I feel like you don't accidentally do what he did. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you don't accidentally like give back and love on those and champion those that the world forgets or even build things in your own community, right? And I think he, I think he was like a mastermind. And like I, I don't know, I, I don't know. Again, conjecture, but I feel like he plotted all of this and he sat and thought to himself. What could I do to like make a difference? And so I think for me, and I think for the listeners too, I think something we can take away is, you know, our life matters when we give back to those around us and those that are less fortunate. And I think that, you know, we're not, you know, me and you were talking about this before we hit uh, record, but get rich for what purpose? You know, like, you know, I, I think like to make it for what purpose? I think a lot of times in, our life is we're very um me focused self-centered and it's we have i think i don't think our generation uh struggles in dreaming big i think i think we got that down um but like why do we dream big you know for what purpose and what i see in nipsey's life is he wanted to do great things so that he could serve people Mm -hmm. and that to me is something that i would take on and emulate to the best of my abilities um, do you have any other thoughts? I have like one more question for you, but do you have any last thoughts before we get into that last question? Um, not right now. I think you should go into the next question. <laughs> okay. So this is, this is something I've been thinking through ever since I found out um, he kind of like passed, but it's something I've been wrestling through and trying to, um, I don't know, trying to really hone um, but what, so th- there's hashtags, there's, you know, pictures, there's like everybody's saying the marathon continues. <laughs> what does that mean? Right? Like I, I know, um, it's so easy to just post a picture of Nipsey and do the hashtag TMC. Right. But what does it really mean? And, and my fear is this. I would be candid with you. I don't want this to just be a moment. I don't want this to just be something that we do because it's hot now. And then a month or two from now or a year from now, we completely like forget. Um, I want us to actually live this thing out. Right. But what does it look like to have the marathon continue? 
boy. <laughs> um, There's no, I don't, I don't know if there's like yeah. an exact right answer, but. I, I think it's different for different people. Yeah. Um, but for me personally, I would say, similar to what I said before, which was living in purpose, yeah. but also carrying out the teachings in which he had given us mm-hmm. about being these self-reliant people, being people that give back to our community, being people that move with intention, being people that um, hire our own, that build wealth with our own, that are constantly pulling somebody up. It's, you know, oftentimes we think that there's only room for a few of us at the top when that's actually not true at all. There's room for all of us. And what are you really doing if you're not pulling somebody up with you? You know, if you're making it or like quote unquote making it, but you're not bringing community along with you. And so I think a lot of what the marathon continues means is like being the best version of yourself, but making sure that you are being intentional and moving with a kind heart and moving with the spirit that Nipsey left us with. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Yeah. I, there's like a saying that I've heard, I heard a while ago that has always stuck with me, and I'm reminded of that quote, as you said, what you said. You don't have to tear somebody down to like build yourself up. You know, I think that's like the weak way out, you know, and I think like for me to just build on what you said, because you said it's different for everybody and there's a lot of different things he's left behind. But I think unity is a big one, you know, and I think like um, so a lot of I think a lot of my listeners are also like in the church and Christian and things of that nature. But I think we got to do like a better job as a church to like work with those that aren't necessarily in the church either and like love on people that we may not necessarily agree on with everything you know and for me when I see Nipsey like he was just so um man he he knew how to walk in love and he knew how to he he considered everybody like special like I again there's this other interview I was watching I think they were trying to prank him it was on Big Boy mm-hmm. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about and it was this guy that was trying to take him to his prom oh yeah yeah I heard the song yeah and just the way Nipsey would talk like back it, it was like this like he 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 cared about him you know what I mean he was he wasn't like judging him he wasn't um, disgusted he was like it was just like yeah let me help you out let me we, we can fix this and I believe in you and I think the guy was like overweight he's like yo you got this take care of that but like he knew how to navigate those spaces and I think we need to do a better job of like walking in unity I think you said something that really stuck out to me the power that we would possess if we all worked together mm-hmm. like if we all came together and and realized the potential that we had as a community Oh my gosh! Like I, I know we're the minority, but when we're all together, I feel like we're unstoppable. And if one man, if Nipsey can do all that he did, this is like one man, right? Like imagine like a hundred Nipsies, right? Imagine like a thousand Nipsies, a community of Nipsies. And so, for me, like I think like working with people and being united is a big part for me as well. And so, but yeah, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Do you have any last thoughts on Nipsey or any encouragement you want to share to our listeners about Nipsey or what his life means or what he left behind or how the marathon continues? Yeah. Yeah. Um, One other thing that I would mention is 
for us to realize that Nipsey was one person, but there are several more people that were like him or that are on the same trajectory of him or that have the same hearts that are in our own cities, that are in our own communities, and make sure that you are like pouring into them as well and acknowledging the work that they're doing because like, well, like we said, like his legacy is never going to end and there are people that are just like him that want to aspire to do similar things and um, just make sure that you build within community. Yeah, that's good. That actually, um, one of my biggest pet peeves is I think we wait until somebody like moves or dies before we honor them. You know what I mean? And it's just like, let's start honoring people right now. Like, let's not wait until they leave or they're gone. Um, I think, like, I mean, I think honor starts even in the home, within your friendships. Like, um, you know, let's, I, I don't know. I know something I've been trying to work on in 2019 is to not just pour into those that are doing these amazing and, and awesome things, but to just, like, show that I appreciate people's efforts, that I appreciate the work that they put in, that they matter, and I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm with them, you know? And I think if we could... If we could start loving people like that, I think we'd be even more confident. We'd be more encouraged. We wouldn't feel as alone. And uh, I mean, yeah, just to end this with, yeah, I, I feel like Marilyn, like, I don't know if for those who may know or not know her, you you do a lot of great things in the community. You're somebody I actually value and look up to. And I think um, I strive to be like you, you know what I mean? And so continue doing what you do. And it's honestly, it's an honor to have you on the show. And uh, thank you for sharing your insight. And we need you in our community. I feel like Minnesota wouldn't be Minnesota without you. And so we love you. And uh, thank you for being on Shaping Culture. Yeah. Thank you. Um, You should see her face right now. (laughs) I don't even know how to see. She's like, what? This wasn't planned. This wasn't. But I mean... I don't know how to accept compliments, but I'm receiving it right now, and I appreciate it. it. I appreciate it, and um, I love y'all. Like I love community at the end of the day, and I don't. I I only want to see us see us go up from here. It's been tough, but yeah, we're all in this together. Thank you guys for tuning in to this week's episode. If you have any questions, if you want to talk through what we talked about, if you want to mourn with us, if you want to encourage one I don't know whatever you want to do we're accessible do you want to kind of give your socials I don't know (laughs) (laughs) um if you want to follow me on IG or on Twitter my social is at sincerely Merona so sincerely M-E-R-O-N-A um I just got back on Twitter recently and so there aren't much there aren't too many tweets there but they're probably just going to be about Nipsey for a little while but um yeah I'm very active on IG And you guys know where to find me. Uh, Feel free to reach out. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, Please rate, comment, share. Uh, I'm trying to make money off this podcast, guys. So (laughs) let's support each other, right? Yeah. So until next time, everybody, peace and love.